If you've listened to the daily radio program Haven Today for a while, you might know that I, in an earlier life, was a secular journalist. I worked for a time for United Press International. I was a bureau chief. Those days are behind me. UPI is no more as it was then. And although I still sometimes think of the Associated Press or AP as one of my great rivals, but that's another story for another day, today I want to give you a new episode of the Great Stories Podcast. I want to share a conversation I had with another former journalist, Lee Strobel, someone who received Illinois' highest honors for both investigative reporting and public service journalism from UPI. You can see why I like him. Well, you probably know him for a different work called The Case for Christ. And that was born out of his journey and research while working for the newspaper, the Chicago Tribune. And though you might think you know his story, wait till you hear him tell it. You can also go to our website, haventoday.org, to see his story played out in one of the best Christian movies I've seen in recent years. It's called The Case for Christ. Well, I can't wait to share this conversation with you. So let's get started. One of my heroes was C.S. Lewis, a man who began as a skeptic, much like yourself. At the end of his journey, you know what he said? He said, if Christianity is false, it's of zero importance. But if it's true, there's nothing more important in the entire universe. So you want your wife back? Well, hey, guess what? People in hell want ice water. Not everybody gets everything they want. Stop blaming me and the church and God and do your job. Stack up the evidence, follow the facts, and write the story, win or lose. Welcome to Haven Today, and that was an excerpt of the film called The Case for Christ, which comes from a book, which comes from a guy that we've had on the program here before. He used to live in Southern California, but now he lives in Houston. Lee Strobel, welcome back to Haven Today. Thank you, Charles. So great to be with you. You know, it must seem like only yesterday. 1980. And uh, you probably never dreamed that a movie would be made about your life and what you went through in finding Christ. But uh, some people, I'm sure, who are listening right now don't really know your story. You were one of those bad guys, weren't you, at one time? (laughs) (laughs) You were at the Chicago Tribune. (laughs) Not only was I a journalist, but an atheist as well and um, kind of hostile toward matters of faith. Lee, here you were at a very secular newspaper, and some of our listeners who are Christians may be wondering about that. I guess as a former secular journalist myself, uh, most everybody in the secular media would not be a follower of Jesus. Many would call themselves an atheist, if not an agnostic. Yeah, I I think that's definitely true. Uh, When I did become a Christian at the Tribune, I looked around the newsroom kind of with fresh eyes, and I could identify at least three people who I was sure were Christians. But beyond that, and I'm sure there were some others there who kept their faith uh, under a bushel, so to speak. But um, um, yeah, you're right. The vast majority would be more in the skeptical category. Okay, and we're going to get into how the Lord began to work with you. But just one other point. Uh, it's very interesting that even though secular journalism would be filled with non-believers, there is also this high 
yes, I'll call it even a high moral standard to seek truth and to report Mm. facts. That may seem a little hard to believe for many of us today, don't you think? Well, you know, I was trained in the old school of journalism, which is you keep an open mind, you're balanced, you tell both sides of an issue. Even at the time when, for instance, I was very uh, pro-abortion as an atheist, uh, when I would write an article, as I wrote many on the issue of abortion because of my covering the courts, I wrote right down the middle. People couldn't tell where I stood personally because my conviction as a journalist was to be fair and accurate and tell both sides. Unfortunately, we don't see that quite as much in our culture today. It has changed in the last 20 or 30 years, yet I think most journalists would think they're trying to report the truth. I think so. I think most journalists, it's not a business you go into to make a lot of money. You go in uh, out of a sense of, I want to do something positive. I want to um, help society. I want to contribute to um, our democracy and so forth. And I think the press plays a big role in that. So I think you're right. I think a lot of people go into it with really noble intentions, but the worldview issue of how they're seeing the world is often flavored by um, what their spiritual conviction is. Absolutely. It's flawed. But yet Jesus reaches into all of the dark worlds of every life, no matter what our occupation is. And that happened for you as well. Do you mind sharing that story with us that's borne out in this new movie, The Case for Christ? Sure. Um, my wife, Leslie, uh, was uh, agnostic. I was an atheist, and so we were kind of equally yoked when we got married. Uh, but then through the influence of a Christian nurse uh, who she encountered, uh, Leslie began to check out Christianity. She ended up coming to me one day and telling me that she had become a follower of Jesus, which I thought was the worst <laughs> news I could ever get as an atheist. So I went to church, and I don't know exactly how it happened, but... I felt something, and so I went again tonight, and I know this is going to be weird to hear because it's weird to say, but I prayed. So what are you you telling me, Les? I'm saying that I talked to Jesus. I, I told him I want him in my life. What? Why? Why would you... Hey, stay with me, hon. This is a good thing. What did this Alfie woman say to you? It was my decision. Okay? I don't accept it. You don't get to accept it. I'm not asking. I, I, I'm telling you what happened and you're not hearing me. Oh, you probably thought she'd lost it, you know? <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought she lost it and I thought she was going to try to pull me into it, which Whoa. she did. Uh, she did. And, she sucked uh, you in too, right? <laughs> well, she tried to, you know. She put a put a post-it note on the mirror so when I was shaving, I'd read it and it said, uh, God loves you and so do I. Uh, so... <laughs> She tried every evangelism trick in the book, and uh. none of it was really that helpful. Uh, but, you know, I saw positive changes in her character and values that were intriguing. And at the same time, I thought, you know what? I'm a journalist. If I could disprove the resurrection of Jesus, that knocks the legs out from under the Christian faith. And so I decided to take my journalism training and legal training and investigate whether Christianity was true. And I I zeroed in largely on the resurrection of Jesus because I knew that was a linchpin of the Christian faith. You know, it's interesting. You just mentioned something. Some of our listeners may not know this about you. You never practiced law, but you studied law, didn't you? That's right. I'm not a lawyer. I have a Master of Studies in Law degree from Yale Law School, which is a degree uh, designed for people who want to teach law or uh, write about 
about law, but not practice law. And so I've written a book that's used, uh, has been used in law schools and um, things like that. I've taught First Amendment law at Roosevelt University, but I can't write a will, so you can't ask me to do a free will for you. (laughs) You're teaching now at the Baptist University in Houston, but let's go back to your story just a little more. It's very interesting. God did reach out to you. The Holy Spirit began to work in your heart. You sensed a call to come to faith, and that must have been hard. But tell us what happened. Well, you know, I think God meets us where we need to be met. And for me, it was in the intellect. I mean, I had these objections and questions and doubts and skepticism. And as I looked at the resurrection, I saw four things that convinced me it's true. Number one, that Jesus was certainly dead when he was crucified. Everybody agrees that. Number two, we have early reports of the resurrection that come so quickly within months after his death that they can't be a legend. Number three, we have an empty tomb that even the opponents of Jesus admitted was empty. And then number four, we've got nine ancient sources from inside and outside the New Testament that confirm and corroborate the conviction of the disciples that they encountered the resurrected Jesus. So that's a that's an avalanche of historical data mm-hmm. uh, yes. pointing toward the truth of the resurrection. Well, Lee Strobel, let's listen to a little bit of what was going on. But, but, but I, gotta, I have a real problem with most of the experts that I've talked to here. Which is? Which is that most of them are not impartial, and if I'm going to take a guess, I would say that you are not either. And you would be correct, sir. Though I have learned that most impartial travelers who undertake this journey rarely remain so. However, I can refer you to one of the most impartial sources that I know. Would you trust the Journal of the American Medical Association? Of course, it is a stellar scientific journal, you and I will admit that. On the physical death of Jesus. <clears throat> Clearly the weight of the medical and historical evidence indicates that Jesus was dead before the wound to his side was inflicted. Accordingly, interpretations based on the assumption that Jesus did not die on the cross appear to be at odds with modern medical knowledge. Doc, I gotta tell you, you're, uh, you're not telling me what I hope to hear today. A scene from the recently released The Case for Christ, uh, the life story of Lee Strobel, who's on the line with us right now from Houston. Lee, that was uh, an incredible scene that we just heard a piece out of. Uh, you visiting a scientist, you uh, a journalist, uh, that wasn't the easiest thing to do, was it? No, you know, Dr. Alexander Metherell, who's portrayed in that film by an actor, is a medical doctor and an a engineer, Ph.D., who is an expert on the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm. And I thought in my naivete that uh, perhaps Jesus didn't die on the cross. Maybe he survived the crucifixion. And he disabused me of that belief wow. by, by telling me all that is involved in a Roman crucifixion. 
um, which really has left no doubt in the minds of both secular and uh, religious um, historians that Jesus did indeed die on that cross. There is no doubt about that. We have five ancient sources outside the Bible confirming that he died uh, when he was crucified. So, um, but, you know, I had to check it out. I was a journalist and, and I needed the truth and God brought it my way. And it's interesting, isn't it, that some of the experts that you actually met with it turned out we're born-again believers in Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I went to people who not only had great credentials, I wanted people who had academic and scientific and historical credentials, but I wanted people of good character. Mm -hmm. I wanted people um, who uh, were honest, had integrity, and would be straight shooters. And uh, that tended to uh, narrow the field to some degree to those who were uh, Christians. Mm. Lee, you are an apologist. That is so evident every time we have you (laughs) on the air. And yet the fact there is the spirit of the living God, which finally says, come and follow me. Right. You got to share that with us, too. Yes. You know, I would not have been in this investigation had not the Holy Spirit began to work and began to draw me toward the kingdom. Um, uh, We don't on our own um, open our hearts and open our minds to Christ. Uh, uh, And yet God will meet us where we're at. And for me, someone who was a skeptic, I needed evidence. I needed facts. And God drew me down that path where I I encountered the evidence that I found convincing. And of course, at that point, I realized, once I realized it was true, I read John 1, 12 that says, but as many as received him, Mm -hmm. to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And I realized that forms an equation of what it means to become a child of God. Uh, Believe plus receive equals become. Mm-hmm. So I believe Jesus is who he claimed to be based on the historical data, but that wasn't enough. I had to receive uh, this free gift of God's grace that I didn't earn, I didn't merit, um, a free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. And when I would receive that in repentance and faith, then I would become a child of God. So that's what I did at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on November the 8th of 1981. And uh, that changed everything. Mm. Father, give me a new heart. Put a new spirit in him. Remove from him his heart of stone and give him a heart of flesh. Lee, you probably never imagined that there would be a movie out on your life story and how you went from being an atheist to a Christian. Just take us behind the scenes of this movie, which which has gotten good reviews. It's up for Dove Award uh, as of, I think, last week. But uh, what was it like? Anything you'd like to share with us? Oh, we had such great time making it. You know, one of the things that people will notice in the movie is that Faye Dunaway, the Academy Award winner, is in the film. And uh, she uh, is sitting the whole time in the movie. And you may wonder, (laughs) hmm, she plays a professor. Why is she sitting the whole time at her desk? The reason is the week before we filmed it, she broke her ankle very severely. And, but she's the old school Hollywood you know, actress who says, I'm committed to being in this film. She said, I want to be in a faith-based <laughs> film because my faith has come alive in recent years. And so uh, she got on an airplane. She flew in, but she had to sit the whole time. Oh, my And goodness. between takes, she had to elevate her ankle and somebody had to rub it. She was in a lot of pain. Um, so God bless her for not giving up and oh. saying, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. The show she must did a go great on. Job. 
the show must go on, exactly. Which is a very interesting thing because you make a movie uh, in Hollywood, you're going to get people on the set, not just in the acting crew, but you're going to get people helping you make the movie that, that you're going to get people helping you make the movie that don't really know Jesus. Right. So you had an opportunity to be a Christian there as well, didn't you? Absolutely. Leslie and I went to the set for much of the filming, and we saw this as a ministry opportunity to serve uh, all the people behind the scenes and the actresses and actors, some of whom were not believers. And so what we did, uh, we had a prayer um, at the beginning of every uh, day of filming. It was voluntary, but everybody participated. And then I gave everybody a copy of my book, The Case for Christ. Uh, we had a lot of personal conversations. And uh, toward the end, the hairdresser pulled Leslie and I aside, and she said, I hope you understand that behind the scenes, at lunch and everywhere, all these spiritual conversations have been going on. That's great. So we're excited that this is a ministry not just to the viewers of the film, but also to the cast and crew. And, and I guess one of the things I always wonder is, is if a movie were made about me, not that it ever will be, um, would I want to play a part in it? I know <laughs> I, I, I know Alfred Hitchcock always had that yeah. little cameo experience. Right. Was that, did you have that desire too? Well, you know, we were filming the last scene, and it's at the Chicago Tribune newsroom that they created on a soundstage. And the director said, Lee, you're not in the movie. You need to be in the movie. I said, what do you mean? I'm not an actor. So he put me in a background scene where I'm in the newsroom typing on a typewriter as if I'm a reporter. And in the movie, and most people are not going to see this, it goes by so quickly, but there's a scene where my boss, I'm in his office, he's bawling me out for something I did. And if you look through the blinds of his office into the newsroom, there I am there sitting there working. Yeah, so it's kind of a Where's Waldo thing. <laughs> oh, so you do make an appearance in your own movie. Yep. And, uh, well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> it's all I have in common with Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's right. Your book's been out for years. Uh, it, it sold a lot of copies. Right. But um, it's interesting, isn't it, how a movie reaches a whole different genre of people that might never read a book? You know, my passion now as a follower of Jesus is to spread the word of his love and grace as far and wide as I can. And I know a lot of people won't read a 300-page book, and they won't <laughs> go to a church. But you know what? They'll go to a movie. So when Pure Flix, um, came to me and said, hey, we want to make a movie of your book, I said, absolutely, we're going to reach a whole new audience that, um, uh, that we would not otherwise have reached. And that's what evangelism is all about. That's what I'm all about. I know that's what you're all about. And uh, my hope is that Christians will take a risk and, and watch the movie with a friend who's spiritually confused and then have a great conversation about it. You know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Let, let me shift gears just a little bit. Living in the Hollywood area, I know a number of Christians, and they work in the film industry. Most of them do not have a high opinion of Christian films. Uh, they think they're cheesy. They think they're poorly made. They may begrudgingly admit that they're getting a little bit better. And here, your new movie, The Case for Christ, on Rotten Tomatoes, the very <laughs> secular website, has an approval rating of 79%. That is unheard of for a Christian movie. And, and that's from the critics. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, 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 I, I don't 
think this guy who is behind Rotten Tomatoes bows at the name of Jesus. <laughs> well, you know what else? Uh, there's a secular organization called CinemaScore that interviews people as they leave movies and they grade them based on the feedback. Only about two movies a year, and these are all movies, uh, get an A-plus rating. We got an A-plus rating from this secular rating service. <laughs> so, yeah, so we were just thrilled with the response. And the response from both Christians and non-Christians. Um, we've loved the fact we showed it to test audiences before it premiered to non-believers, and they loved it. Um, and we've had reports of many people, in fact, 22 people at one showing came to faith in Christ at the time of the movie. So we're knowing that God is using this to bring people to his kingdom. Mm. You know, uh, we, we talked about this uh, as we began the program today. Uh, journalism has changed. Uh, but the rest of the world has changed. It's changing mm -hmm. rapidly. How do we actually get the gospel to people? How do mm. people receive the gospel today in a changing, chaotic world uh, of 2017? Well, you know, people in a lot of ways are postmodern. You have your truth, I have my truth. Yes. Uh, but I think that develops in people after a while a, 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 a hunger, a thirst for something that's solid, something they can anchor mm. their life to, something that is reliable, something that is objectively true, not just subjectively true. And so, you know, in a in kind of an odd way, I think this is positive for the gospel because uh, as people walk down that postmodern path, they often find it empty and, and void of meaning and confusing and chaotic. Uh, and yet, I think that develops in them. I think God can can um, seize that moment where they uh, are looking for something to to um, uh, to really rely on a, a rock that they can stand on and have confidence that it's true, not just for them, but for all time and for all people. And uh, that's what Christianity is. So, you know, I'm ever the optimist as an evangelist. Sure, I've seen sure. I've seen a lot of very unlikely candidates come to faith. But I know from at least the book when you wrote it, people have come to faith in Christ reading or now seeing the case for Christ. Uh, are you getting oh, stories back on the movie? Absolutely. Uh, it, it's been amazing. And one of the things I've encouraged Christians to do is to, um, you know, get the DVD and, and show it to friends and invite some people over and then have a conversation afterwards. Talk about it. I think it'll bring up a lot of great conversations and people will enjoy the movie just on an entertainment level. Uh, but beyond that, it does raise spiritual questions that I think really encourages <laughs> deep and meaningful conversations. So we've had great results. In the book, you know, we've got some wonderful stories. Uh, one quick one is this atheist astronomer was uh, reading a magazine at a bookstore, and he sat down, and he sat on something, and he pulled it out, and it was the case for Christ. He sat on it, and he looked at it, and he, he flipped through it, and he said, well, I don't believe this. I'm an atheist. And he threw it down, and then he said, it was like a voice said inside of me that I need to read that book. Mm -hmm. So he said, I picked up the book. I read the book. He ended up coming to faith in Christ. Wow. And not only that, but that was right when the book came out in 1998. I just got a letter from him the other day. Uh -huh. He is still following Christ. He's part of a Baptist church down in Kentucky. God has re revolutionized his life. And it's all because it started because he sat on a book. Praise God for <laughs> bookstores and fallen yeah. books and fallen places. Uh, Lee Strobel in Houston, uh, thanks for joining us today, but I can't let you sure. go without us talking to the Lord in prayer and, mm. and praying that somebody listening now, somebody else that's going to see this movie that's just released 
is going to find Jesus, and they're going to hear the tug at their heart. you got to read the book. you got to watch the movie. But we want people to know Jesus. Would you lead us in prayer right now? Yeah, absolutely. Father, we thank you that you have given us the privilege, the honor of sharing your message of hope and grace. And we pray by your spirit that you would touch the hearts of those who are listening even at this moment, Uh, that Christians would be encouraged in their faith, that it is well-placed. And that those who are skeptics or seekers, that uh, you would plant a desire in them to pursue the truth and that they would discover that Christianity is not just a good idea, but that you are real, that your son is real, that he died for us, and that he offers forgiveness and eternal life as a free gift of grace. We pray that even at this moment, hearts will open to that free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lee Strobel my brother in Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Oh, thanks, Charles. I love you. I love the show and and I appreciate all your listeners. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. I really enjoyed talking with Lee Strobel and swapping old war stories of what we used to do working as secular journalists, but I most enjoyed hearing him talk about Jesus. I hope this conversation has not only been a blessing to you, but that it has also given you hope. Even if you're an atheist or an agnostic or someone you know is who doesn't yet know Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you want to get a copy of the Case for Christ DVD, we have that there at haventoday.org. But may I also ask that you leave us a review. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts But you can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and discover additional episodes posted on our blog. Thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.